This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle. Get in on the conversation at 866-979-ESPN. Now here's your host, the professor, John Clayton. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Ed in Denver. Hey, Ed. Morning, John. Morning. Late Saturday morning to you <laughs> and Pat. Yes. Indeed. So, um, very interesting trade the Mariners made. Uh-huh. Um, you guys have already been talking about it significantly there. Um, one of my close buddies is, a, is from Houston, just moved to Denver here, and is a big Astros fan. Mm-hmm. He was pointing out what a great player Toro is. This could be quite a steal if he turns out to be the player that they think he might be. Yeah, because again, when he's come over, I mean, he, you know, he had a home run in his last game in Houston, uh, opened up with Seattle, had three home runs in three days, and then last night had three hits and looks good. Yeah, so he's like, what, hitting like 500 at this point? Yeah. Um, I, I see he became first player in Major League history to hit a home run for one team one day and then hit a home run for the team that he was playing against the next day. That would be right. the answer to some weird trivia question in the future, for sure. Mm-hmm. No, and I, I, I think that's great because, again, as Jerry DePoto said, this team got younger and he thinks got better. And now you have a guy that uh, you know is going to be here for at least three more years. I and mean, it's going to be expensive because it's going to go into arbitration. Uh, I mean, I, mean, I, mean, I don't know how many years he has under uh, team control, but I think you can see that for the last three years, a lot of people in baseball rated him as one of the breakout prospects. But obviously, when you, you're on the Astros, I mean, they've got so many good infielders, there's not going to be an opportunity necessarily to get on the field and break out. Because if you can't break out and get on the field, then how do you break out? Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. Um, so it's interesting that he's playing second base. Um, it's interesting that they brought him in. Um, like uh, that, by the way, was a great segment, I thought, by Gary Hill uh, in so many ways. Um, but his discussion about uh, how Toro is going to take a while to mm-hmm. learn second base was interesting. Um, but all of his other uh, comments about the way the Mariners are managing things uh, was also very interesting. The part about the strike zone and manipulating the strike zone and so forth. That was really interesting. Oh, good. Glad um, you liked it. Just gonna, yeah, no, I definitely liked it. Um, and with all respect to Kyle, I definitely disagree with his idea of getting rid of Seeger and Hanniger. Man, Hanniger uh, is the lifeblood of the team right mm-hmm. now. Um, I bet they tried shopping Seeger a little bit. It probably was unsuccessful, as you said, because of his salary and yeah, so forth. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm not so sure he's walking. I don't know. It's like a, I definitely wouldn't be trading him this year because he's having a very good year, a very mm-hmm. solid year. I mean, he's not a superstar like he never is. And in general, I've found it frustrating watching him through the years because his hitting is sort of hit and miss. But but gee, he's doing pretty well this year. Yeah, he really is. And so uh, yeah, again, it's like it's like you can say okay, he's batting below 220 or whatever and uh, it's like how many players around the league are doing that? I mean, the league average is like 234. Yeah, no, that's crazy. I saw what you were saying that that's the lowest batting average that the MLB has had in like 
couple decades. Over decades. I mean, so, go you go back to yeah. the you have to go back to the Bob Gibson days uh, t- to see batting averages that low. Bob Gibson, man, that's like 1968 or something. Yeah, pretty much. That's how far you have to go back. Yeah. Hmm. So, um, switching to the CX for just a moment. Uh, definitely disappointed they didn't uh, sign DDX Eskridge, but uh, the same thing happened that was predicted might happen, that he wouldn't even go to Seattle after visiting Minnesota and, uh, and meeting with his old coach from Jacksonville right. and so forth. Yeah, and yeah. So you, and you can understand that. There's a familiarity there, and so it's like, uh, uh, why? Because, why, again, he, he obviously he's going to know more of the system thanks to him than anything else. Yeah, and Keenan McCardell is a great uh, influence, I'm sure. Um, yeah. I think about the days I had him as a fantasy player back in the 90s. Mm-hmm. So any new news on Carson Wentz? I mean, they must know at this point what's going on. They're no, they're, they're, wait, they're waiting Anderson for uh, Dr. Anderson to, to determine his knee surgery, but I think the fact that uh, you know they went ahead today and they signed Brent Hundley is a sign that uh, it doesn't look good for uh, Carson Wentz. I mean, because you'd have to kind of think that uh, with the pop in his foot and everything else that he probably is going to have to get surgery. And if that's the case, that's going to be uh, huge because now – that would probably put him out for the opener and give Seattle a great chance to, you know, get off to a decent start. Yeah, um, certainly true. Even if he's there, you have to wonder if he's going to be not a hundred percent. Plus, he's not going to be familiar with the offense and all those sort of factors. So, and I kind of think that even if he is there playing reasonably well, that the Seahawks can get to him. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. But. Uh, you know, in the end, I think that, uh, you know, all, all looks good. Now it's just a matter of getting something done with Jamal Adams and then seeing if they get something done with uh, Dwayne Brown and, you know, get things rolling. But, uh, yeah, but if Wentz isn't going to be there, uh, that's a that's a major setback because, I mean, you know, they didn't trade a lot this year, but they traded a second-round pick that could go to a number one next year to, to get him. <laughs> and now... I mean, if he's going to miss, you know, two, three, four weeks into the regular season, that's going to get them off to a slow start and really give the Titans a chance to, uh, you know, take care, continue to take control of that division. Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, like JB, I didn't realize that Jacoby had moved on to Miami. That's yeah. an interesting move for him. I don't know if that'll be a good move for him because he's going to be likely not the starter there either, I would think. But yeah, we'll but a lot see. of people still kind of wonder about Tua. Yeah, that's for sure. Tua certainly has a history of being injury prone, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, back to once and his pop in his foot is like having a pop in one of your joints or whatever. It's just never good. Uh, no. I had the same experience myself in my arm, and it ended up being a torn biceps tendon off the radius, and I actually had surgery on it about Oof. a week ago. So I can uh, relate to all of that, and it's not fun. But I'm dealing with it. Yeah. Hey, well, thank you for the phone call. Indeed, John. Thank you for having me. 866-979-ESPN-206-421-ESPN. ESPN. Let's go to Victor in Auburn. Hey, Victor. Hey, John. Another great show. Ah, thank you. Uh, good job on the series uh, last week. Oh, thanks. I, I didn't know you were on there. I caught a couple of the shows. Um, a couple quick ones, John. Um, in Denver. 
Yeah. How long do you think it's going to take for the rookie running back to take over from Gordon? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's open competition right now, and it could be in week one. Uh, and you can see, you know, Melvin Gordon. I mean, first off, I mean, he struggled with the competition against, uh, you know, uh, against Phillip. And now it's a matter, I think, that you can see that uh, I think he's worried about that. I mean, I know he's a two-time pro bowler, and this is a deep group, but Javante Williams is good. I know that, uh, you know, he's he's a good physical, nasty runner. I mean, he's smart. I mean, because I know he was a valedictorian uh, it was in high school. <laughs> so there's a lot of good things there. And I thought that he was the second best running back in this draft behind Najee Harris. Some people thought he could go in the first round, but <clears throat> there didn't seem to be a lot of the needs for the playoff teams in the bottom of the first round to have him go in the first round. But I think that uh, they made a smart move and it may be first week one. It could be week four, but I think eventually he's going to be the starter and definitely <clears throat> I mean, he'll be the starter next year. Okay. Okay. And then also I've been hearing from camp how uh, deep the receiving crew is with uh, Tim Patrick being the best number four, supposedly yeah. four wide receiver, even though they're playing three, how far down the, the, the depth chart do they start playing uh, wide receivers on the special teams? Mm, that I don't know because I uh, haven't really studied their special teams much. But I think that, uh, you know, with these three receivers, particularly with, you know, Cortland Sutton coming off uh, the ACL, uh, J- Jerry Judy being so important, I mean, maybe Hamler will do a little bit too, but I think they want to have him develop. I, I don't know if, I mean, Patrick may do some things, but it may start at number four and then go on down from there. Okay, yeah, because I've heard uh, Hamler's been having some explosive days at the uh, yeah. practice. He's really surprising people with his. I mean, I guess not so much of a surprise, but maybe better quarterback play with mm-hmm. the ball more. Yeah, it's just a matter. I know yesterday <clears throat> the word from Vic Fangio is that it's pretty even between the two, you know, between Teddy Bridgewater and, uh, you know, Drew Locke. So it's like there's like no separation right now between the two. I still think Bridgewater has the best chance, but we'll see. Yeah, from what I'm hearing, it's the same thing where Bridgewater's hitting all the dink and dunks, you know, being accurate third and seven and he throws a two-yard pass while uh drew's taking a little bit more chances but some of his balls are his his uh, his decision making might mm-hmm. not be the best but i've heard neither one of them stone interception in the 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 three days worth of camp so yeah that's the beginning part and then one last thing john uh also one of the surprises they've been saying is the defensive line is getting a lot of uh penetration including vaughn seems like he's coming back you think it's the defensive line being better, or you think the offensive line still needs more work on the interior since well, the young I mean, players? Remember, it's like uh, there's no there's no pads right now for the offensive oh. linemen, so it's not like they're being beaten like that. I mean, they're you know they're being beaten with uh, you know just jerseys on and all that oh. stuff. So I think it just shows more of the quickness that's there for the defensive line more than it is the blocking. Oh my bad. When did the pads start? Uh, probably today. I would imagine today or Monday. Oh, okay, yeah. I yeah, because I mean, the way, the way it works in the first couple of days of practice is that, uh, you know, you, you have no pads on. And that's kind of, okay. you know, by the design of the way that they've got the protocols for training camp. Okay. Oh, and then one last thing. I, I don't care if they kneel during the, the anthem or if they have a different flag. You know the people at home aren't standing when the anthem's on, especially that caller earlier. Yeah. If the players want to make a stance and, and use their voice and their opinion on what they want, what they think is unjust, then then so be it. Yeah. You know, people are paying them a lot of money to to watch them play and and dance and and whatever. They got their free say, and I'll watch football regardless. Yeah, unless, exactly. Uh, 
Unless, except for Notre Dame football. Mm-hmm. Go any any team except for Notre Dame. Take <laughs> yeah, care, yeah, there you go. Have a good weekend. All right, thanks. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Uh, Dave Grosby joining us at the bottom of the hour. This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle. This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com. Dave Grosby joining us at the uh, bottom of the hour. Let's go to Nate in Everett. Hey, Nate. Good morning, John. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. I hope you guys are enjoying this cool weather. It's a nice break. Let me tell you what. Oh, boy. I mean, (laughs) this has been the most brutal stretch that uh, I've ever been through in my life. I mean, sure, at times it gets hot in Pittsburgh, but again, the stretch that we've had, you know, with the, what, 46, 47 days without rain, the 80, 90, I mean, yesterday was just brutal, Uh, the three days over 100, and then it it got to the point, for me, I don't have really any allergies uh, other than tomatoes, and it's like uh, I developed a sinus allergy because of the change in the climate here. Yeah, yeah. No, I believe it. I, I couldn't sleep last night, man. It's uh, So this cool weather, man, it's, yeah. it's, it's welcomed with open arms, man. What's it, it's going to be in the 70s today? or? Yeah, yeah. I think low 70s, I hope. I Great. Hope. Keep it that, cool, that'd be man. wonderful keep because cool. you know, i got to walk over to the Seahawks. <coughs> Fortunately, I'm the, 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 one of the few people that don't have to worry about you know driving down to the landing, taking a bus over. I can just take my walk over, and you know it's like uh, you know I got I got criticized because you know just to protect my arms and everything else, I wore a hoodie, and now I think I'm still going to be able to wear a hoodie over there because it's going to be a little chilly. You got to do what you got to do to stay safe these days, man. Oh yeah, you no know, doubt. You take care of yourself. Hey, I, yeah, yeah, my daughter and I are going out to root on the Aquasox tonight, so this this uh, this weather is going to be welcome, man. But, uh, hey, I want to take a couple minutes to uh, praise Jerry DePoto, man. Uh, lifelong Seattle Mariners fan here of 30 years. Uh, been through the thick and thin mm-hmm. with everybody else here. And uh, the moves that he made, and I got laughed off the air yesterday by saying this, I do believe he is building a dynasty, okay? The, the moves that he made, to me, are absolutely incredible. The young core that he is putting together that still have yet to see the, at the MLB field is just outstanding. And we can truly see some future franchise cornerstone pieces in the waiting. Um, the, all the trades that he's made of late, I do believe, kind of doubled down on that sentiment. Uh, with Toros, the club control, uh, you know, Graveman, you know, was essentially a rental, you know, losing him at the end of the year. Uh, and then also offloading Montero for a 24-year-old with club control is just outstanding for a piece that we need in the infield. Uh, Castillo, same thing. It's club control for a, for a nice long run. Now, a, a lot of people were wanting to push for a wild card spot, which for me, this year and the moves that I saw him make, I don't believe this year was about contention, like chasing it hardcore, like the obviously the Padres are a lot more, but all these other clubs that are chasing that second wild club, how they're all in, they're selling the farm. I don't believe that was ever, ever the, 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 what, the plan. Uh, he he. Uh, this is the last year of Jerry Depoto's contract. It could have been so incredibly easy for him to do what they did 
sell the farm to try to re, uh, retain a contract, to make that wild spot just to look good, but to lose the farm. Mm-hmm. And he didn't. I believe that Jerry DePoto has a plan, and he stuck to it. And he said that it was a seller's market. It was not a buyer's market. He said that he might have had some bigger pieces. Hey, hold on, we got some big things. But I, I believe that the price got too expensive. And he said, no, we're still in this for the long run. We're not in this for wild card spots. We are in this to chase a pennant. And that is all we want, right? That's, that's all we've ever wanted. Well, and then, uh, yeah, so, where I yeah, where yeah, I agree, no, no. yeah, where I agree is that uh, I mean it's kind of being built the same way as they did Houston, same way they did with mm-hmm. the Cubs, uh, to a certain degree with the with the White Sox, but you know it's that slow build up. But here's where the difference is. I mean, you know, instead of waiting five years, you know, the team's eight games over five hundred after a couple of years. That's not bad. Yeah, and then oh, sorry, but uh, and and then the the COVID season absolutely shutting down all our prospects. I mean, mm-hmm. we essentially lost a whole year with what Jerry has been building in, in the minor league system, his future. Uh, the, the the draftees that he has picked in the first round, the ones that have seen MLB service time, have netted an AL Rookie of the Year, a gold glove, and a starter that I don't know if Logan was credited with the win last night, but a, a starter that's eleven and two, mm-hmm. and all those <clears throat> wins were in a row. It is just absolutely outstanding, and none of none of his picks yet have had a full year mm-hmm. of MLB service time. Yeah. So, 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 in my opinion, to get to not extend him, to get rid of him, or whatever, is just an absolute disservice to what he's done for this club like i said it could have been so easy for him to sell out to try to save his spot and he didn't he stuck to the plan so what i truly believe the next four to seven to ten years under depoto can be absolutely outstanding Hey, great, great call. I agree. And, you know, they also need to uh, take care of Scott's service, too, because he's done a great job in getting with all the injuries and all the different things that have happened to the team to get this team eight games over 500. Thank you. Let's stay Mm -hmm. in Everett and let's go to Chris in Everett. Hey, Chris. Hey, John. How you been, man? Good. How are you? Hey, I'm a big, big Mariner fan. It started with Griffey. He was a hero for the M's. So, anyways, um, Seahawks offense. So, do you think. I mean, how good do you think the Hawks for their offense this this year for the season for 21? I think it can be really good because, I mean, you can see with that Rams 49er type offense, there's more of a quickness to it. The ball comes out quicker from Russell Wilson. you got the outside zone runs that uh, are so special. I think that it works well for the receivers, and it sounds like they got a coordinator and Brandon, uh, that really does a good job in being able to, uh, you know, teach this offense. So I think good things are there. So I don't know if it's going to be like 27, 28 points a game, but I think it's reasonable to expect that they're going to run the ball well. It helps that Rashad Penny is in his best shape and looking fast. I think that Alex Collins is a sleeper in the backfield. Chris Carson looks good. So I think overall it looks really good. You know the the show that that show the one you're on like during during the week. I think I I know you're 
Monday through Friday, but I miss your grades. No, here's your grade. Now, yeah. now pick. Okay, pick a grade um, for uh, Seahawks draft. That's one. A second grade you could do for the. What do you think about the Seahawks draft? That could be a grade. The second one would be the Mariners. Um, oh, what's the? Oh yeah, the Mariners trade. Now is it A? I I, I, get, I, I, I get both a B. Yeah, because obviously <clears throat> when you only have three draft choices, <clears throat> yeah, well, I think that uh, they make good choices with the three because you know I think Trey Brown's going to be good. I think that uh, you can see that uh, Dwayne Estridge is going to be good. <clears throat> the offensive lineman down the line has a chance to be good. <clears throat> so I give him a B there, and I'll give him a maybe a B on the uh, for the Mariners because they really didn't rob any prospects for the most part, and they came out of it <clears throat> in a pretty good spot uh, overall because, again, you know, one guy that <clears throat> we don't keep mentioning is Tyler Anderson. You know, they didn't give up hardly anything for him, and he comes over, and I know talking to my people back in Pittsburgh, he's a five-inning guy, uh, gives up, will give up three runs, <clears throat> and overall, uh, you know, he'll... You know, it's five innings, three runs, and that's it. I mean, he's not doesn't have a lot of power or anything else. He's going to pitch today's game, and uh, you know, at least you get a, a starter that can go five. So, what's his first name? Tyler, you said. Ty- Tyler Anderson. Yeah. So, so <clears throat> is he like a okay guy, or is he good as a pitcher for a starter pitcher for the Mariners? He's probably like a fourth or fifth starter. I mean, again, you know, four or five, something like that. Obviously. <clears throat> So that's not great. Hey, got got about got to run here because we got Dave Crosby coming up next. John Clayton Show, seven ten, ESPN Seattle. This is the John Clayton Show on seven ten ESPN Seattle and seven ten Sports It is time for our weekly dose of the Gros with Dave Crosby, and so uh, eventful week for the Mariners in the sense that they made three trades. The first one did not go over very well at all. You know, training uh, Kendall Graveman with an 0.82 earn run average, and it created a lot of disharmony in the locker room. But with the other two trades that were made, how do you think Jerry DePoto uh, was able to do in this trade deadline? Uh, it was uh, pretty uh, unremarkable when you consider what everyone around him did. Uh, they made big splashes, made big moves for significant players. Now that you know, deadline deals never necessarily work. Uh, so that, that's that's to be said. But um, he was very conservative, played it very close to the best, and at the end of the day, didn't probably didn't add a whole a lot to the team this year without compromising anything for next year. Yeah, and of course, I mean, I guess the one thing as he mentioned yesterday is a team got younger. He thinks it got a little bit better uh, because, I mean, you know, they, sure it hurt losing Graveman, but now they get Castillo, who comes in uh, as a, a, a good closer for several years and a guy they have control over for the next three years with arbitration. They have control over him, and we'll see how he does. Uh, you know, Tampa let him go if they normally let guys go when they get to that case. Um, we'll see how he works out. Um, he, he, he definitely has the chops, although the last pitch he threw it at, uh, at uh, T-Mobile Park was Shed Long's grand walk-off grand slam home run. I don't know if he has good memories of that or not. But, um, you know, Graveman was, a, was the way the trade was done was a devastating deal to the team. Um, the team, uh, you know, the, the, the quote that came out of it, of course, was, was that, um, that uh, they're, not, they're not about winning. And um, it was, a, it was a, a comment that was made by a guy who 
remained unnamed, but it was clearly, you know, kind of a veteran, a veteran player. I mean, it would make the, it never changes. They don't care about winning. How do you trade him and say you care about winning? And they trade him to Houston. It never changes. I mean, that, that, that's a veteran mm-hmm. talking there who's been around for a while. That shows that that deal really did a lot to undermine your clubhouse. Now, if you're not in a position where you're, you're necessarily trying to win this year, I mean, you, you don't have to worry about that. But look, I mean, there are other factors involved here. Arteel wrote a good piece about entertainment value. And, uh, you know, we've seen the Kraken, you know, kind of come to town and, and really, really galvanize uh, the fan base. Now, if they win, I mean, that'll that'll take care yeah. of things. But if it's a wait till next year, don't win. You're going to see very, very sparse crowds the rest of the way at, uh, at the ballpark. Yeah, no doubt. But <clears throat> I guess the one thing is, is that, uh, you know, uh, it's kind of a balance between good teams and bad teams. I mean, because obviously you can see Texas is a very bad team mm-hmm. that's in this division. And then we'll see how they do against the Angels. You know, it's going to be a struggle against the A's, and it's going to be a struggle against uh, Houston. But, uh, you know, it's like they do have a two series against Kansas City. They have a couple other series that could work out. I think, what, they have Arizona. So those things could work out. So, I mean, you kind of get the feeling that – I don't know if they're going to be able to maintain the ability to stay eight games over 500, but you know at least they may not make the, a wild card, but at least they can come a reasonably close. Oh, that's no, that's nothing, John. That's absolutely unacceptable. I mean, this is a this is a team that's missed the playoffs for for 20 years. So to say that well that we came close is not gonna not gonna cut much iron with many Mariner fans. I'll, I'll tell you that yeah. much. It just it just isn't. So, you know, they have to win ultimately, and and uh, you know maybe they're in position to do so next year. They 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 kept a lot of their their top young talent to to make that run. Uh, you know, the the point of the, the fact of the matter is they they were in a situation where there was no one between them and the top wild card teams and. And uh, look, there were reasons to, that they, they made the decisions, but they elected to, to say, you know what, uh, we're not really in a position to make the run this year. Other teams added mm-hmm. added significantly and, and, and believe that they were in the position to make the run. We'll see if it, see if it pays off for the Mariners. But, um, you know, and look, it's, it's still baseball. They could still work out for them this year. I mean, you know, baseball's a, a funny thing, and deadline deals don't always work. But what they can do is create uh, interest. What they can do is is, you know, kind of signal your, your, your team certain things, and, and the Mariners did that, and probably kind of unfortunately. Yeah, what do you think of Abraham Toro so far? First three games here, it. he hit three home runs in three days. Last night, he had three hits. Yeah, he looks he looks just fine to me. He keeps that up. Uh, they've got themselves uh, the all-star of all-stars, but, you know, he's played a couple games at second base, so we'll, we'll see if he can continue to you know, play well at that spot, but he, he's, you know, from a good system in Houston. So, you know, there's nothing, nothing but, uh, you, nothing but you like, I mean, so far, I mean, how could you, how could you feel any other way about it? Right. Right. And of course, I mean, I know that the scouting report on what on him was for the last three years, <clears throat> he was supposed to have, he was one of the players in the league they thought was going to have a breakout season, but it's hard to have a breakout season in Houston when they have so many talented infielders. Right, when you're trying to play, when you got Altuve there and Bregman there, there, there's not a lot of daylight. So let's hope that that's the case, and, and if it is, then they got themselves a very good player in that deal. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, any thoughts on Tyler Anderson? Uh, he's in, you know, I mean, they need a starter. Yeah. They needed a starter, so, the, I mean, the, the bullpen starts are have been uh, and, and are, for the most part, cringeworthy, so... Uh, he, he's a fairly solid pitcher out of Pittsburgh, and and uh, he, they definitely have a role for him to fill. And in fact, I think he start is he starting today? Yeah, he's starting today uh, against Texas. Yeah, yeah, right. So he'll, he'll uh, we'll get a look at him right away. But that, that definitely filled the need. 
Yeah, I know talking to people back in Pittsburgh, I mean, basically they say he's a five-inning guy who's going to give up uh, you know, three runs and maybe strike out four. That's what he's consistently able to do. Yeah. So obviously you have to have your bullpen on alert to fill the final four innings uh, to see how that goes. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's consistent. He's got a 4-3-5 earned run average. He's a free agent after the season, so he's a rental you player. Said the, you, you said the word, John, he's average. Yeah, he's average. I mean, he's a fourth or fifth starter. Right. Because he doesn't have a big fastball or anything like that. He's just a you know an, a veteran guy. Right, solid starter and, and something that you did need. Mm-hmm. So and then don't forget they've got a couple of guys. You know, you still although they're now saying I think I heard Jerry Depoto say that hinting that Kyle Lewis probably not going to be back till the end of August. So you might have him for the last month of the year, which is which is too bad. And and um, you know you can have Fraley back before that, and that's that's going to be a little bit of a boost for sure. And you know, you should get, you should. Get, I think you're getting some of your pitchers back as well yeah. before then, so you're still going to get a boost from some guys. When do you think ownership's going to get something done with Jerry Depoto and Scott Service? Uh, I don't know, John. Uh, you know, uh, this is year six, and and uh, it, it, at this point, it's looking like another year without a postseason. I mean, then unless they're going to let him go, which uh, doesn't seem likely, I would assume that uh, in the next month or so, you get it done. I mean, what what I would do. In this circumstances, you get Jerry Depoto done, you let him pick his manager, who uh, I wouldn't be very surprised if it wasn't Scott Service. But uh, he's the guy you get done, and, and I would assume, uh, again, unless you're, you're going to surprise everyone and, and make a move in the other direction, that you're going to do it within the next month or two. I, I wouldn't think you'd want to go to the end of the year without him having a new contract. So uh, I would expect in the next uh, two to four weeks. Yeah, and I would have to think, I mean, if they let either one of these guys go, then it goes back to the uh, Kendall Graveman argument uh, with uh, the players saying is like they're not committing to win because Scott Service. Well, I the- think I think in the case of I would say this, and this is not a negative against Scott Service, but you know that's Depoto's choice. I mean, if you're going to hire a GM, let him do his job, and his job should should be being the manager. So if he and like again, I don't think he wants to make a change, but I, I would I would leave that up to him. So the only guy that I would resign if I'm ownership is Depoto. And then he recommends, hey, we want to re-sign Scott Service, and then you re-sign Scott Service. Yeah. Interesting development in Indianapolis, which affects the Seahawks in oh, week boy. one. I mean, here here Carson Wentz has a pop in his foot, and now he's getting examined to see if he's going to need foot surgery. Today, the Colts signed Brent Hundley uh, to come in as a veteran quarterback, and you kind of get the feeling that Wentz is probably going to need surgery, and if that's going to be the case, he might miss and probably will miss week one the opener in Indianapolis with the Seahawks. You think it would just be week one? I think, no, he'll, he'll miss more into that. It's not going to be the season. He's not going to miss a whole okay. season, but it'll probably be you know a month or five weeks or something like that into the season. Well, that's certainly good news for the Seahawks. Yeah. I mean, exceedingly good news for the Seahawks, if if that's the case. And it's too bad for Wentz. I you know, feel bad for him, but you know, he's, he's, he's struggled with injuries. That That's part of the deal he's had, and it kind of takes a little bit of the sting off some of, you know, because the Seahawks is, I know you are you are probably reporting have a pretty tough schedule, don't they, John? I don't I don't think it's as tough as uh, people go because. You don't? No. Well, not now, for sure. Yeah, because, again, it's like, okay, so, you know, you got, uh, op- I mean, it's a tough start because you open up on the road at Indi- Indianapolis, but that's not going to be the same if Wentz isn't there. I mean, you've right. got Tennessee coming to C- Seattle. That's not going to be an easy game. But also, you play Jacksonville, you play Houston. Those are easy wins. Then you look in the NFC North. I mean, you know, I, I look at Detroit's being one of the worst teams in football 
right just slightly above Houston. I mean, Chicago is just average. Minnesota is just a little bit above average. I mean, Green Bay is going to be good because Aaron Rodgers came back. And then, I mean, it's, it's tough in the division because you've got, you know, six very difficult games in the division. And certainly, you know, getting that game uh, against Pittsburgh uh, as, a, as weeks as the 17th game, that's not that's not going to be easy. That could be a t- that could be a loss. But, you know, New Orleans isn't going to be all that good. Well, definitely get a break if, if Wentz misses that first game because that, that would have been a different looking game had he been healthy and, and, and immersed in that system and ready to go. And, mm-hmm. and it's obviously not going to be the case. No, that's going to be interesting. And of course, uh, you know, I know that. Uh, I mean, you've been so involved in you know getting over to practice and watching all the things going on. John, you just can't imagine how happy I am that I don't have to do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's. Uh, I'm. You know, I miss one thing about it. I miss seeing your smiling face when I'd walk over there. I know. I know. But of course, but but it's it's weird right now. Now I'm lucky because I I can just walk to the facility, uh, get there in about 10 minutes, 13 minutes, or something like that. Where everybody else now has to park in the landing and take a bus over. Everybody yeah. in the media, some staff, the fans. Oh yeah, it's uh, I I I, I, w- I wouldn't pretend to you, John, to even say that I miss it. I don't miss it even a little bit. So what is on the garage schedule and agenda for the weekend? I'm looking outside and wondering where this, what, what happened to the sunshine? What happened to the beautiful weather? What happened to summer? Uh, it's been too hot. I mean, it's just been brutal. I don't uh, know. Actually, you know, on a break, it's not that bad, is it? No, we need it because, again, it's like I know, like even yesterday, it was so hot. It was ridiculous. And, uh, you know, it's been that way with the 80s and everything else. I remember my first walk over there because uh, I went over there on Wednesday, and I, I, I had to just spend time right by the air conditioning just to be able to, you know, get warm, just to get uh, feel better again. <laughs> well, enjoy the cool weather, my friend. Okay, and thank you. for and That's our weekly dose of the Gras with Dave Grosby. Dave, have yourself a great week and a great weekend. Talk to you next week, John. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com. Our thanks to Matt Nelson for producing the show. Our thanks to Matt Nelson for running the show. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. And I'm assuming we have uh, Seattle Sports Saturday coming up next, right? So Seattle Sports Saturday coming up next, so look forward to that. Uh, Let's go to Jeff in Kent. Hey, Jeff. Hey, John. You know how I don't agree with service all the time? Yeah. His calls. But I think if this team makes the playoffs, he has to be the number one contender for manager of the year. And DePoto's got to be executive of the year if they make the playoffs and even go further than that. Mm -hmm. You know, I like this team now. With the Toro trade, you trade offense for defense. Which one's going to come back and bite the other one in the butt? Is Graverman going to come back and bite us in the butt? Or Toro going to bite Houston in the butt? Hopefully, Toro does it to them. Yeah, because, again, he's, he was a good prospect for several years. I mean, it didn't materialize because he struggled to get on the field. But now you can see there's some definite potential there. And, of course, he's young and he's going to be around for some time. And, you know, I think ultimately, you know, whatever happens with Kyle Seager next year or thereafter, I mean, he'll probably be the third baseman. Oh, yeah, Seager's gone after this season. It's either going to be France or um, Toro at third base. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, the one thing I don't agree with, though, when Fraley comes back, I like to see him play more because I definitely like to see him at the number two spot. I just got to, um, I just Hanniger at number three, Seeger at four, sounds better to me because Fraley can handle a bat. We could do a lot more hit and runs, 
and with Fraley than we can with Hanniger because Hanniger's our RBI guy. Even though he's doing a great job at two, I think I'd rather see him at three. Because mm-hmm. uh, um, we're getting runs like we should, and we're leaving a lot of runs on the plate, though, too. That's the problem. Because like, a couple games ago, it showed that the other team comes back on us. Mm-hmm. You know, you just got to pile up as many runs as you can. And hopefully our bullpen will be able to hold up. Real quick, where do you see Gardner Minshew this year? Is he going to be back up at Jacksonville or is he going to be at someplace else? Uh, I, I would have to think that at some point he'll go someplace else in a trade. But uh, right now, I mean, I think that uh, you know, he's, he's, he's there competing against C.J. Beathard for the backup job. But I think you can understand it's like he's not going to get a chance to start because of Trevor Lawrence and he'd like to find a chance. I was kind of wondering if Indianapolis would trade for him, particularly with the Carson Wentz injury. But today they end up signing Brent Hundley. So that's not going to happen. Hey, Jeff, thank you for the phone call. Let's go to right. Wheat in Tacoma. Hey, Wheat. Yeah, John, I uh, went to training camp on Thursday, hanging out with fans. It was pretty cool. Uh, so it was really nice. I don't know how long all that's going to last uh, and everything. But, uh, hey, John, uh, what about the first preseason game with the Raiders? I just wondered about that. What are your – I'm not hearing too much about the Raiders on offense or defense. You got mm-hmm. anything on them, John? I just was wondering about them. Did well, I mean, you know, the, the big thing is they, yeah, they traded three uh, starters on their offensive line. Uh, so that's going to be, I think, uh, a big downfall for them. I mean, you know, they're, they're f- feeling a little bit better about their pass rush on defense, but they're still weak at cornerback. I mean, we'll see where they are at the wide receiver position. You know, uh, Henry Ruggs, the uh, first-round pick from last year, you know, put on 13 pounds of weight, and he's really fast. You know, I know Derek Carr's off to a real good start. But uh, and the hey, back- John, didn't, hey, John, didn't they have like a really good tight? He had a good. I can't remember his name. A really good tight end. I think he's oh, yeah. tall. Yeah, Waller. He's great. I, I couldn't remember. I just saw him. Yeah, no, Waller's remember, fantastic. I, I mean, I, he's arguably one of the top five tight ends in the league right now. Yeah, I was just wondering, John. I just haven't heard. You know, I just kind of wonder sometimes when you hear don't hear anything about the Raiders, and I'm just wondering. Uh, well, know, because I, you I know, it's like someone asked. I mean, you hear more bad things than you hear positive things because, again, it's been such a long time. I mean, you know, John Gruden hasn't put together a winning season yet since being with them. I mean, uh, he did before, but not now. Hey, do you know how uh, how, how Derek Carr is doing? Or he, yeah, like I, I just said, I think he's he's, he's, off, he's off to a real good start. Oh, okay. That's what I was wondering about. Thanks, John. Okay. Thank you, and we close it out with Commando Dave. Dave, how are you? John Clayton, darn it. It's been so long since I've been on the show, I almost forgot I was a regular caller. Yes. Man, I've been on an adventure of all adventures, so thanks to whoever just yelled Jumanji. And so, just so you know, I finished breakfast a few moments ago. My fingers are a little sticky from the strawberry jam, so despite being in the bullpen for a couple months, John Clayton, be assured I'm not going to lose any spin rate on this call. Great to be back on the John Clayton Show on 710. Cairo, home of the NFC West champ, the Seattle Seahawks, and the chipping away at it, Seattle Mariners. See us rise. Love the slogan, but the hashtag reads like an ominous climate change warning by Yoda. Shout out to Matt, the MC Nelson, for getting me on the air so I can bring it to the show. And while I'm giving shout outs to John Clayton, let me give one to a longtime John Clayton Show listener who sold me a cool Seahawks Otter box for my iPhone, a cool guy guy by the name of Mark. And while I'm giving shout-outs to longtime John Clayton Show listeners, it was great to see Jimmy from Bethel 
at my nephew's wedding, and speaking of Bethel Christian Church of the Apostolic Faith, I would be remiss if I did not give a shout-out to the memory and rich legacy of the late Bishop Nathaniel Davis Sr., and send condolences to the Davis and Bethel families. And John Clayton, now that Seahawks training camp is open on the shores of Lake Washington, it signals one thing and one thing only. The University of Washington Huskies football season is right around the corner. With all due respect to the Hawks, in my book, football in this town begins and ends with the Washington football Huskies before the Seahawks or even a glimmer in John Nordstrom's investment banker's eyes. The dogs have been playing football for over 80 years, and this, the first full season under Coach Jimmy Lake, can't get here fast enough as we are five weeks from the opener at Husky Stadium. And moving from the uh, longest-playing team, John Clayton, to the new kids on the block, the Seattle Kraken, congratulations on pulling off the coolest draft day in the history of Seattle sports. Uh, Hockey is breathing new life into uh, an all-time, one of the all-time great sports towns, and and, and it's great, uh, and it's getting exciting. But let me say this. I get hockey fans' infatuation with the play on words of crackhead and crack house. But if you ever had a friend who was an actual crackhead and you've endured the indelible stench of a crack house looking for him, you wouldn't be so cavalier in your insensitive embrace of those terms. Hopefully the team itself will reject the association. And, John Clayton, I hope no one out there is getting it twisted. I'm not get-off-my-lawn guy over here. I'm get-off-my-sidewalk guy. Moving to uh, get-off-the-field, John Clayton, in my estimation, the NFL's new COVID policy confirms how serious the league didn't take things last season. Uh, So let me ask you a hypothetical question, and I can see Dave Wyman in my mind's eye trying to wave me off, but I'm going to ask it anyway. If the NFL has a 100% vaccination rate, and a player or players gets COVID, causing the game to be canceled, who's going to take that blame? Uh, good question, because, again, it's like uh, there's been a bunch of players who have been vaccinated. they got positive tests, but they're right. not moving any games. I mean, they're going to try to say it, but, again, they don't want the breakouts for unvaccinated. Hey, Commando, thank you, and My welcome back. Okay, thank Com- you, John coming up Clayton. next, Seattle Sports Saturday. This is the John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle.